Hello, everyone. You're listening to the Live Your Raw Life podcast. Welcome to the platform where the intention is to help you live your rich, authentically aligned, wholesome life. I'm your host, Rachel Ann Watkins. Together, let's raise our vibrations and awareness in order for you to live the raw life that was meant for you. How it's unique, like each each person is so unique mm. that that what's going to work for one is not going to work for another. Yes. And the other key component is they have to be willing to, to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, if you're just showing up because you think it's the right thing to do, you have to be in it. You have to believe it. You just have to be committed mm-hmm. to the journey. And there's no, there's no magic bullet, right? You, right. It, this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. That was Rebecca Llewellyn. She is a woman I have never met in the flesh. After a few emails back and forth and a brief telephone conversation, it is clear that her and I were meant to cross paths on this journey in this lifetime. I was in search of another website similarly named and Rebecca's website popped up. I opened the link thinking I had what I was in search of when I realized they were not the same. I dug a little bit deeper into what Rebecca's platform is about and there was no question, there was a divine intervention happening. I reached out to her via email, something I don't normally do, and I instantly felt a connection. In last week's episode, I spoke about how I am facing my white privilege through the life and teachings of the Native American shaman, Bearheart, and how drawn I am to the culture, history, and traditions of the Native people. Rebecca has a direct link to this culture, and I am grateful for her willingness to be a resource. Rebecca has an extensive bio from being a Reiki master to being certified as a breathwork practitioner and in shamanic medicine. I'm excited and honored to have her as the guest on today's show. Welcome, Rebecca. Thank you, Rachel. My goodness, I I have goosebumps that, (laughs) you know, um, just from the excitement, like I'm really just chilled here. It's just really lovely to to be connecting on this frequency and for these reasons. Thank you for finding me. I know it's so great. I love how this all just came together. I've just been giddy with excitement through everything. Now you are from and currently living in Canada and Southern Ontario, yep. um, which is one of my little happy places. I love Ontario. I love Canada. Um, lots of experiences up there. Could you give our listeners a little introduction about your background? Sure. So I began my journey uh, probably around the 33, I'm 45 now. So I really started stepping in at around 33. Um, and uh, I, I'd always been empath, like an empath and clairsentient. Um, but I didn't have the tools. And so I'd really kind of wake up and then I'd shut it down, especially in my late teens and early twenties. Um, and it was through Western medicine. I was really being beginning to get fed up through Western medicine that I started working with a naturopath mm-hmm. and, um, everything was kind of really going well. I started to really understand food as medicine, but there were a couple of things that just were not clearing up. And she started to talk about, I, I should do some 
I should, you know, get, get work with energy medicine. And I was like, what is this energy medicine? And it just kind of all kind of from there. Um, so I've been on this path a while, but like everybody else, we go one step forward and many oftentimes it's like five steps back. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I really started to step into shamanism, that's when everything accelerated for me in being of service mm-hmm. because I really was committing and, and it's, it was being sort of fed up with the corporate world and the corporate realm. And don't get me wrong. I still have my toes in that. Um, but really trying to, you know, connect into our purpose and um, to be nourished and to do our own healing and to be of service to support others on that journey. So Mm. that's kind of a short and sweet. So beautiful. And it's so true how we can get in tune with the energy that is around us and what we're, the energy we're actually physically ingesting and then the role that that plays when you talk about food as medicine, that's something that's been mentioned on the show numerous times. I love that. Yeah. So what propelled you? Like, you know, you had, it's, from what I gathered, just, you know, looking at your website and reading some things was you, you had some, some medical things that were happening and there was some frustration around that. So, you know, that, that start, sounds like it started your journey that really brought you to where you are now. Is there, maybe could you go a little bit more in depth and is there anything else around sure. that? Sure. Um, so I was diagnosed uh, back then with uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome and had just been living with pain. And in fact, I, when I was first diagnosed, I was based in the U.S. because I was a cruise director and they kept calling it disease. It was a disease, a polycystic ovarian disease. But when I came back to Canada, they called it polycystic ovarian syndrome. I'm like, okay, well, that feels better because <laughs> taking the word disease out of it. But I was still, um, it was causing me great grief on my body, the pain I was in, mm-hmm. um, And so it was working through food that really started to change all my hormone levels. And, um, but there were, there were parts of the constellation that were not going away. And that's what led me to begin my journey with Reiki. And I was like, what is Reiki? And so I had an incredible Reiki master who really not only taught me the medicine, the energy medicine, Yusui, but, um, you know, really, she taught me the importance of integrity, ethics, and discernment. And that has carried with me through all of it, because she wouldn't even take me on. She, I was a client, but she wouldn't take a student on unless they were dedicated to their path. So none of this go and get certified this weekend, never doing Reiki before. I mean, there's very, very varying levels of integrity in all industries, right? So um, I feel really blessed to have had that, um, that teaching from her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think like many people, Reiki's pretty accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it seems to be acceptable by most people, whether they're in the spiritual community or not. So it was my gateway. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it just started, you know, opening up channels, leaving. Mm -hmm. So I, I can't say I really work with Reiki anymore. It's not my medicine. I've never passed. I've never done attunements. That's not ever been a calling for me, but it led me to other teachers and I, and, um, obviously I'd always had a connection with the upper realm. 
but I was always had a fear of the lower realm. And like a lot of us, um, you know, and especially in like the new age community, we're very connected to your, the upper realms. Um, and I, I was just, I was afraid of the dark, really. I was afraid of the dark. And so I knew that that was sort of the next step. And with prayer and my next teacher really came in by a dream. Um, and, and then there was just so much synergy in terms of his corporate background. And so he still is my teacher and my mentor. Um, and he's based in upstate New York. He's a beautiful medicine man, Angel Deer. Mm. And um, really by stepping into the shamanic path, I understood and understand that our own personal healing, we need to walk down the middle of the road. And so that the teachings are in the light, but they're also in the shadows. Uh, um, so the moment I stepped into this, the commitment to, of shamanism and really begin living in that way, my, um, my offering of being of service just kind of accelerated and blew up in terms of what I was able to receive, what, how I was able to support. Now, Having said that, I was then introduced to breath work, and breath work was a challenge for me. I was quite resistant to it at first, but going back to the medical issues, it really is through breath work and shamanism that I was able to get to. Um, and this was me just taking my like I I have my own my own journey practice, my own breath work practice, just like I have my own yoga practice. Mm -hmm. um, but it was through that I was able to understand and be seen and, and see the, um, the roots, the emotional roots of the physical manifestations of my PCOS, of the cysts, of the endometriosis. They showed me the, the year it began, why it happened, uh, you, know, it, you know, it's on the maternal side, what that's connected to. It showed me each layer of endometriosis, what that was connected to. And I was, I was teeing up for an addition. They wanted to do another surgery. And I, I was always very much alternative. And uh, it's because I, I received so much information through spirit. And, you know, I, I was like, okay, I'm ready to do this surgery. And um, knowing that now that I understand the emotional roots, the physical manifestation is not going to come back. Wow. And it was so crazy because I received... Um, you know, in a variety of sessions, you know, they showed me my power animals showing me exactly that everything that was going to have to be removed now. And the surgeon I was working with was so conservative. He's like, no, we're just going to, you know, just like last time we're taking out the big cysts. And I was like, okay. Um, but I know different. <laughs> even the day I went in for the surgery and, you know, I get up in the morning, it was like 4.30 in the morning and I sat at my altar and I was just giving thanks to my womb. I was giving thanks to my body and honoring my body for carrying this for so many years. Prayed and prayed and prayed with my body and um, sitting there waiting to be rolled in and he comes in and he's all gowned up. And I said, I think you need to check here, here and here. It's like, you sure? What? And I was right. He had to go in, like it was just wrapped like seaweed all over all, all my organs. And, um, and I was right. He, he just couldn't believe it. Like he, they had to take everything, like the ovary, the fallopian tooth, everything. But I, I was prepared because they had shown me six months earlier that this is what was going to happen. So 
that's what I mean in terms of my personal practice, because I continue to be on my personal practice, mm-hmm. um, has just kind of blown everything open for me. Um, and shamanism, you know, I, I'm not a shaman. I would, I'd call myself a shamanic practitioner. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but it really has been the greatest teacher um, in, in my life. Um, and has been incredibly rewarding um, on so many levels. And that is what has led me to connecting with the reserve that, that um, I live nearby, which you mentioned. And, and again, it was through ceremony and prayer that I was seeing uh, that I need to connect, and I had never connected with the, with the community. Uh, I live near a reserve called Six Nations of the Grand River, uh, and it is a unique reserve where six nations have been brought onto one property. I mean, Canada has uh, a bit of an ugly history here mm-hmm. on how um, the Indigenous people have been treated. And so over the last three years, I've been um, supporting a beautiful Mohawk medicine woman and the original teachings she's received from her land. And we're building a healing village for all peoples. So predominantly it will be for um, indigenous people to come and heal, especially with addiction and mental health, because that really is simply a byproduct of intergenerational trauma. Um, So this will be a place where they can heal uh, with their, you know, if they're on a Western and allopathic regime, they can heal with um, traditional uh, medicines as well and their traditional ways. But it's also going to be a place where shamanic traditions from around the world um, will be honored. So we'll bring in um, shamanic practitioners, we'll bring in medicine men and women from around the world to practice so that all people can come and connect with their indigenous roots because we are all indigenous from somewhere. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is so incredible. What an amazing journey you've been on. Yeah. I, I, I personally have had some experience with um, some Reiki work and it's, it's real. Yeah, of course. <laughs> when, you know, when someone is first introduced to it, it can sound that, you know, like that woo woo, like what you're going to just move energy around the body and help release, you know, ailments that I have going on. And excuse me, what I felt was so real and really profound that it was like, you, you can't, you can't make it up. I mean, you can't, you, you can't explain it almost in a way. It's something you really have to experience to kind of wrap your mind around that. So incredible. And for you to be able to have time to process what was going to happen to your physical body. I mean, this is our home. Our bodies are our home in this life. And, and when, you know, we do use traditional medicine and, and, have surgeries and and those kinds of things it's so invasive Mm -hmm. that it can be really scary but what a gift that you had to be able to really like take time and know that you know okay this is what's going on and I'm going to be okay and and work with that through through that process um 
And I believe that that's something that everybody can tap into. Um, 100%. We all have acts like I am not special or gifted. Your intuitive is not special and gifted. We're just using a muscle. I'm not so great at the gym these days over these last few months. So my <laughs> muscles are a bit wobbly. Well, these are just other muscles, these senses and the, you know, but it takes practice and you have right. to have a personal practice. Mm-hmm. But I believe there's a beautiful opportunity to marry Western medicine with, um, you know, different traditions. When, when we can, this is just the physical container. It's the final frontier. There's an energetic body. There's an ethereal body. There's a mental body. There's a spiritual body. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if we can understand all of the bodies and bring them in to get, I mean, there's a, such a holistic way for us to heal ourselves yeah. um, and work with the Western medicine. Oh, that was one thing, you know, in relation to that, when I, when I was looking at your website, one thing that really resonated with me was you wrote on there, you must do your own work in order to live your best life. You must be an active participant should you want to change the story, the patterns and heal. And that's a message that I really um, am, am weaving into every episode is, you know, I'm just offering information as are you and people then can take that information and decide how it will work for them or maybe not yet, or maybe it won't. And finding the, the things, the, the routines, the habits, the beliefs that really sit well with their own spirit. And so that really, really um, rang true to me. So I, I love that. Um, and I've only been really touching on a lot of like physical health component pieces in my podcast so far. It's really hard to disconnect any other, you know, wellness or health component from the physical component or any of them because, you know, it's all cogs of the wheel and they're all connected. And if one is faulty or maybe, you know, eroding or just isn't, it's, it's that weakest point, you know, then the others kind of can follow. And so it's finding what works for you to strengthen all of those components. And it sounds like this really encapsulates a lot of it, you know, that physical, the mental, your spiritual, um, and which really is um, something that you work with. You have three different modalities that you offer that I noticed um, on your website. So you offer breath work, shamanic healing, and one-on-one coaching. Could you maybe break each one of those down a little for us and what they kind of look like? Absolutely. And I just want to go back to what you said about um, how it's unique. Like each, each person is so unique Mm. that that what's going to work for one is not going to work for another. And the other key component is they have to be willing to to do it. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, if you're just showing up because you think it's the right thing to do, that doesn't mean you're, you have to be in it. You have to believe that you are, um, you just have to be committed Mm-hmm. to the journey and there's no there's no magic bullet right you right. It, this is the marathon it's not a sprint exactly um yeah. so yes yeah, so the i i mean 
they all kind of blend in to get like the reality. Here's the, here's the deal, Rachel. <laughs> so the reality, you know, I used to have all these different menus on, on my website. Cause I would offer the Reiki and then I would say womb medicine and I have the reality is people and, and let people think that they're choosing a menu of what they, they want to come, but spirit is in charge. So like they might come in thinking I need a soul extraction or a soul retrieval and I need this. And like, well, if it shows up, it shows up, right? I, it's just, I, that's what I've learned that spirit is in charge. Um, and so I've kind of just cleaned up the way I present the work that I do. Mm -hmm. um, and so if somebody says, I'd really like a shamanic session with you, then that means they're going to come in, um, uh, you know, and they'll, I'll be called to do whatever I'm going to be called to do. Mm -hmm. And that could be anything from a soul retrieval to entity extractions, you know, to, um, I, I'll be called like for, they'll be like, you know, I, I might be called to use the drum and the rattle and um, an extraction and need to use a big piece of obsidian. So it's, there's no one size fits all. It's just these, I'm going to need these tools and we'll see what I get called to do, how they present, what shows up in the body. If they choose to do a breathwork session, I'm trained in a technique called conscious connected breath, which is a beautiful um really an active meditation. Uh, and I do them online on Tuesday nights. Um, but I, I am missing the in-person, uh, ceremonies. Um, uh, but I, you know, I'm still doing online one-on-one -on -one work. Um, and so when we're working one-on-one -on -one breath work, you're hearing the cues, you're hearing me. And if you're in person with me, I'm pushing and touching and moving that energy. The energy is, is it's still energy work, but it's very, very powerful. Um, having said that, I do also combine my modalities. So if somebody wants a shamanic breath work, it's like a two double punch. Mm. Um, I really got that call soon into doing breath work and, uh, basically, you know, the client will be breathing. I'll take them to the apex and then I kind of leave them as breathwork practitioner and I, I come in as shamanic practitioner and I'm, I'm less cueing and less mental. And now I'm just in non-ordinary reality, feeling where the energy is. And, you know, I might be drumming and rattling while they're still breathing to the curated music. Mm -hmm. So it's, it, it's nice because they're actually a, an active participant in that experience in a, in a different way. Um, and it is, it can be very, very, very powerful. So those, I, I'd say that's really my two offerings. And then it's whatever comes up, gets whatever comes up because yeah. you can't tell spirit, like you can't tell spirit what to do. Right. So I've had, I've had, I've had a client come and she's just there for straight old breath work and we're just doing a breath work. And she's like, <gasps> all of a sudden she's like, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And I'm looking and I'm, I'm like, what's going on? All of a sudden, I'm like, oh my goodness! So I had to extract. She actually had an entity that had come into her throat, but it actually had gone in. It was all through her spine, and she had been doing some work with MMDA and some inner child work. And that, you know, I was like, oh, because I could tell right away. I was like, okay, you've taken something that is not plant based, and you know, it was just you're working through that. So it's like whatever shows up is going to show up. 
Um, and that's, and it's just been beautiful, but it took me a while to get there. It took me a while to trust in my, um, ability and discernment mm -hmm. to know, you know, I used to think I needed this big a la carte menu that people wanted to go, I want Ricky or I want this or I want that. I'm like, oh, well, it's, I don't feel like I'm in charge on that anymore. Yeah. Um, and then the coaching's a really beautiful, I mean, I get a lot of, I think what it is, is I called it in because when I first was really opening up and remembering, you know, this path, because yeah. at the end of the day, that's what we're doing. We're simply remembering. Mm -hmm. And I, I, you know, Ram Dass says we're walking each other home. Yeah. Right? When this started happening for me, I didn't have teachers, really. I didn't have mentors. I didn't know. I didn't have the tools I needed. So um, the veil is thin. Mm -hmm. And people are really beginning to step up and wake up and receive and and they're not you know they're looking for guidance mm -hmm. you know um so that is my aim is to be able to give um whether it's someone who's just on their healing journey wanting to heal using these modalities doing their inner work you know this inner child work this releasing of stories releasing of wounds releasing of traumas um, and, or, and potentially at the same time, they're now stepping into their own service, whatever that looks like. Mm -hmm. So that one-on-one -on -one coaching is really about having um, access to me, learning how to develop a personal practice. For me, personal practices, I work, I work at the altar and I pray with the four elements and I, you know, understanding how to clear and protect yourself understanding the power of sacred sound, understanding all of the tools that we actually have already mm -hmm. in accessing them. And that is one thing that I think gets a lot of, gets lost a lot of the time is that, and I was just speaking with one of um, our friends the other day about this, how everything we need to heal is right here. It's, it's on this earth. It's inside of us. It's just a matter of, are you really to do the work? You know, I believe that Western medicine is oftentimes there's a place for it. I absolutely, you know, believe that. However, I think a lot of the times as humans, we want that quick fix. And a lot of times that's not, that's not the, the way, <laughs> you know, we have to really see, okay, what is going on? What, how am I treating body, mind, spirit? How am I treating the earth? And is that, you know, coming back? So yeah, wanting to do the work ourselves. The and hard it's, hard, it's hard work. Like, don't be <laughs> fooled. It's bloody hard. Yeah. And, you know, people think this, the, 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 to walk this road, to be committed to your spiritual growth it's not puppy dogs and rainbows and angels i mean there there's some real density to this we're, we're moving through some deep shadows especially as a collective mm -hmm. and so it can be exhausting it can bring me to my knees um and i feel really blessed because i have my i call them my medicine family and i have you know my my mentors and i lean in on them when i feel like i can't 
go forward anymore because sometimes you are just brought to your knees. And that's for me why I call them coaching sessions because they're not necessarily healing sessions. They're, these are, you know, people needing that support. Like, what do I do? This is coming up for me. How do I work through it? Um, and it is being committed to doing the work. I'll, I'll do a discovery call. And if I think somebody is just looking to come, like I'm not a spa, right? Right. So some people are wanting just like a, a healing treatment, which is like going to get a suntan. I'm like, I don't offer that. You go home. I don't offer that. I I just really don't like, and that's why for me, it's almost better if you, you commit to like three sessions because one session is not really going to do a whole lot. Like you need to keep the momentum going. I'm going to task you with homework. You're going to be like, I'm going to need you to do X, Y, and Z to keep this going. It's not like a chiropractic adjustment that just goes, okay, now you're upright again. It's like, no, we got to keep this momentum going. Yes. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. Now that kind of ties in really well with like what's happening in our, you know, global world with COVID and, and a lot of the the racial injustices that are happening. Um, when we spoke, it sounds like there's a, there's some common threads of what's happening in the United States also happening in Ca- in Canada, but it seems like there's probably some significant differences as well. Could you just kind of shine a little light there? What's going on in Canada? Oh my. Well, <laughs> you know, what's what's going on in Canada? You know, we look to the south like we're always looking because you you know, your your country is a great influencer on our country. Mm-hmm. We've been long-time friends and neighbors. Um and in solidarity for the most part, right? We have beautiful brothers and sisters in, in our neighboring country. But it's definitely been a different experience in terms of um, the way, it's so funny, I have not been using the word COVID because of the fear frequency attached to it and I'm just mm-hmm. very aware of the frequency attached to the language. I've been calling it a global ceremony because to me it really has been a global ceremony and I feel like we've stepped into the third door of that ceremony, um, which is the, the prayer in the Indian cosmology. It's the, the third door is the prayer of unity. Mm. Um, but the shadow teacher is the prayer of, is the ego um, and ju- you know, judgment. And it is the, the element in that door is grandfather wind and grandfather wind, you know, takes our voice, takes it to creator, takes it to the, takes our prayer up. Um, but we've definitely been handling the situation differently from what I can see. We have, have a very different way of managing it. Um, and Canadians, we line up without question, but there's definitely been some pushback, a little bit of pushback. But I think for the most part, Canadians have been okay, this is what we have to do. But now we're kind of, we're, we're now reopening and things are going, there's no going back to normal. Mm-hmm. It is what the new normal is. Um, but I think with race relations, I think Canada can get really smug and think that uh, I'm really grateful to be born in this country. I've, you know, lived abroad and um, I'm a family, you know, I'm, Oh, my my parents are 
very early you know my mom's a was a first generation child here in Canada my dad was born in the UK and he's 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 um Anglo-Indian and so you know very relatively and my husband's family are immigrant family from UK and so we're very blessed as new Canadians to be in this country uh but can you know this country can has quite a bit of a past and it's very common for our, you know, our country to look at the current uh, multiculturalism that we have, especially in the big, big cities. We're just, we really are this big melting pot in the big cities. But when you're outside of those big cities, they're not as um, diverse. Mm. Um, and we, we can look, you know, there's a, we can look at the U.S. sometimes and have a smugness. Oh, well, we, we've got it, right? But that's not the case, you know, and, and having in the last three years really become more present and aware of the First Nations and Indigenous peoples of this country, I'm really seeing the injustices there, mm. you know, and so I'm really um, putting as much as I can into supporting um, what I'm, do, you know, in terms of the project I'm doing, because I know it it's going to have huge positive impact. Um, and so for me, I took it, you know, watching everything that's been going on in your country, I, I really felt I needed to understand what was happening in this country because mm -hmm. we are a little bit quieter about it. doesn't mean it's not happening. It really, it, it's still happening. It's, it's absolutely happening. So I've been really taking the time to, we talked about this the other day. Um, to to um, to bear witness, mm -hmm. to listen, um, to unlearn. You know, there's so much that we aren't taught in in school. You know, we you know, in my I'm 45 years old. We in our curriculum did not learn about the residence, the resident school system that was in place for. First Nations and Indigenous people in this country, where they took children, they took these children away from their communities, from their parents, and I mean, the it, it's awful. It uh, is. I, it's awful. And the last one closed only, I think, in 1996. Oh gosh. So it's not like it's far away from from our timeline. Right. So I am not an expert. I there's there you know. I, who am I to talk about this? I am just trying to witness and learn um, truth mm. and, and support um, wherever I can. I uh, have really, I've been signing up for whatever Canadian resources are up there. There's, you know, there's been, a, Valerie Mason Johnson is a, a beautiful African Canadian um, uh, author and academic and activist. And, she spearheaded a couple weeks ago a beautiful panel. Um, it was all African Canadian, you know, academics and poet laureates and, and activists spearheaded this wonderful panel from across the country um, to talk about what's happening in Canada mm. and what the experience was. You know, I didn't know the history we had in in the prairies. I didn't know there was um 
you know, uh, an African Canadian population that goes back more than 500 years. I didn't learn that in school. I didn't know that. Right. So I am just learning. I'm just, I'm just learning and, and signing up for anything and everything that I, that I can. Um, because truth is, um, the knowledge is the only way we can change things. You know, when we talk about what's happening in the world, we've got this virus. So we, yes, the virus is bringing all of these things to the forefront. And what we all understand and know is that we need to heal our systems. We need to heal our economies. We need to heal all these patriarchal constructs, which is our law, you know, the legal systems, the health systems, our educational systems, the system of money and taxation. All of this needs to be healed. But in order to heal these systems, we need to heal the people. The people need to be healed. We need to acknowledge uh, the intergenerational trauma. The intergenerational traumas go through all peoples. Mm -hmm. um, but there are some very large collectives um, that have deep, deep intergenerational. We need to provide support and healing for intergenerational traumas. Yeah. And we need to show up for ourselves. You and I, Rachel, we have to do our healing. Mm -hmm. So when we're doing our healing, we can support the collective. Like it's, it's all a symbiotic thing, but the healings have got to start now. Yeah. We need systematic change. And the biggest disease that we're facing right now globally amongst all humanity is the disease of separation. Mm. Right? We see each other as separate. Mm -hmm. I, people don't, you know, indigenous communities, we say all my relations. You are my brother. Because I, we are related. Why yeah. would I do anything? You know, it, and so I, I continue to learn from, from the indigenous peoples. Mm -hmm. Because they understand that they are part of the land they understand it goes back to the simplicity the simple teachings of the land mm -hmm. knowing that the plant kingdom is our family the stone people the mineral kingdom is our family so when we understand that mother earth is our family we're going to think twice before we pillage her mm -hmm. yeah Mm. So there's much healing to be done, and you know, I'm I what I'm trying to do is just listen, and I'm signing up for everything I possibly can. It, it, Canadian resources. I'm really trying to sit with Canadian. I I want to understand the issues here in Canada, and what I'm understanding is that um, we 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 sometimes think we're above it. We're not. Yeah, we're not. No. Mm, I love that. And that was something that you said when we talked the other day that we really like hit home with me is that we need to witness and we need to listen and we need to relearn and then listen some more. And you're so right. And to, to be, you know, in just diving so deep into gaining as much knowledge on a variety of topics that, you know, and start with what is of interest to you. Yeah. And then that can evolve and that can, is really what helps heal 
and grow because the more you know, the more you can grow and it creates this evolutionary change within ourselves. And it's, it's really beautiful, which I, I want to come back a little bit to, you mentioned um, the healing village and sanctuary that you're working with there. Um, I feel like there's a big connectedness to what you just said and what's happening there. Where are you at in that process and, and what, what's the vision for that? I'm so glad you asked. I'm, so, <laughs> I'm very excited. I mean, this is, this has been a passion project and it, it's, um, it's really, it's just really neat to be part, you know, right now we're just volunteers slogging away, but it's so great. And it's an exciting time. Um, so where are we at right now? We need to raise a lot of money. So we're at that stage. We're in the very first phase of, you know, we've got some pitches going out and we're doing our best to raise that money. We've got over 50 acres um, that belong to Gail uh, Whitlow, who is the Mohawk medicine woman that I support on this endeavor. She's the one, the land gave her the original teachings. She received the original message of what she was supposed to do with this land. So what this, so she's been, as she says, it's been 12 years of a lot of prayer and tobacco, a lot of, cause you offer the tobacco yeah. with their prayers. So um, she's been uh, working hard with the prayers and the, you know, she has her original sisters of the land of the dancing dare group of uh, women uh, who are all healers in their own right. And I don't like to say the word healer because we aren't the healers with a hollow bone, but that's just the easiest way to, you know, yes. put it all together. Um, so the plan for this, for what we're, we're uh, doing, what we're preparing to do is we are, um, originally we were just going to create this healing, this healing center. And this healing center was, you know, where people would come to really um, heal from whatever ailments, and again, especially addictions and mental health, um, and support them with traditional ways. So sweat lodges and fires and circles. Um, we're going to have 12 mini homes. So for example, let's say you've come through an addiction program, you know, they can say, oh, you've been there in six weeks or eight weeks. You're clean, you're clear, you're good to go. Well, we've just talked about the emotional bodies, the spiritual bodies that that doesn't, just because your blood is clear and you don't have this, you know, the, the, the scientific um, results, I guess, that, that say you've, you know, whatever it is the blood is saying. Um, there are so many other things that may still be lingering in all of the other bodies so we've got these tiny homes um, where those who are in transitional housing, they may have been coming through a really deep, dark period, will be able to live on the land. They'll be able to access the medicine gardens for what they need, whatever teas or tinctures they're going to need. There's a whole land-based programming piece here. And we've just talked about the importance of reconnecting with the land, right? So there'll be opportunity for them to learn, to work with their land. For some of these people, um, they may be urban indigenous community members who have lost the connection with their traditional way. So they'll be able to come back and reconnect into that um, and take part in ceremonies and connect with elders. And so our biggest thing is we want 
the indigenous community um, who need this support to have access to it, regardless of socioeconomic background. We don't want them to have to pay for it. They shouldn't be denied the opportunity for their healing. So, you know, when you become a not-for-profit here in Canada, when you're applying and doing all, and it's probably the same in the U.S., when you're applying for grants and funding, depending on how the cycle of government, things can change, the amount of money that's available can change. So we realize soon in that that's going to be quite a slog. Um, and so working with another beautiful advisor um, who's just a, an incredible lady, uh, a young woman who's just a, an inspiration to me, um, she suggested we uh, become a social enterprise. And that what we do need to do is build a luxury um, wellness center. So what we're doing is we're building a, a really high-end retreat center where seekers like yourself and me or you know groups might come for a retreat or um, corporations might want to come and bring their leadership team for a retreat to really understand truth and reconciliation to sit in and have a team uh, sweat lodge experience or have a team um, ceremony together or let's say heads of states uh, you know, delegations coming in from different countries. Um, who knows, you know, the Obamas might come in for a visit and, and really if they're wanting to understand, other countries might be wanting to understand the, you know, truth and reconciliation because it's not just happening in our countries. This is all, all countries that have been colonized. Mm -hmm. There's a truth and reconciliation um, conversation that needs to happen and the healing has to happen. First Nations, uh, first peoples from around the world uh, need to be honored and we need to offer that healing for all, all of them. Yeah. And so we are, um, yeah, that's, that's the idea. So this beautiful center is going to support um, the healing center. Oh, um, yeah. I get it. I see it. Do you see it? It's I kind do. of like that. Uh, the infinity symbol is it'll be totally. two sisters feeding each other. Um, and so we're really excited. And it, it, the, the goal is once we get the shovels in the ground, but this will be, you know, accessible mm. people from all over the world, we hope will come to see this model. Um, because this is about giving back. This is about working together. And it's about learning from the land, learning the traditions. Um, yeah. Oh, I just am so excited to see the progression of all this. I feel pulled a little bit to be a part um, in some way. And I feel having this platform is probably the start to that. I don't see it being an end. Um, I, my sister-in-law, she actually works in um, a, for a company very similar to creating that housing habitat for those that are coming out of, you know, treatment centers and, and, or like abusive relationships and just a really exactly. safe haven. Yeah. So they can continue the healing journey as they reintegrate into exactly. what society is and, exactly. you know, be on their own and be able to have that strength to thrive. 
Exactly. Yeah. So I, oh, and I see that and I love that the, the earth, that mother earth and all of the elements are combined in with that. I think it's essential. Um, That's part of the reason that my family's on our little journey that we're on right now is really to connect with nature and to be as simple, like live as simple as possible. So you can, we feel it offers a little bit more of a way to be in tune Mm -hmm. with what what spirit is maybe saying or calling of you or what the earth needs or maybe even what's just necessary with one of your kids because we're not then distracted by, you know, all of these external components of life. Um, And our channels are clear. Totally. And I feel being in a healing center like that for someone who has gone through so much trauma is really going to be that nurturing, beautiful place for them to, to grow and thrive and then be able to just, you know, move on into such beautifulness. I love it. Yes. No. So please check out landofthedancingdeer.com and you can also uh, follow us on Instagram, Land of the Dancing Deer, and there's a Facebook group as well. Awesome. I will include all those links in the show notes as well, because I am excited for the the journey of this and it's going to be amazing. I can see it for sure. Yeah. (laughs) So I just stumbled upon you. That's how I got in touch with you. And it was, it's beautiful and it's amazing. And I, I know that, I mean, I've done some energy work remotely and it's one of those things you're at first, if you're, if you've never experienced that, you're kind of like, Hmm, really? <laughs> right? You're, you're not going to be next to me. You're not actually touching my physical body. You know, this meat suit we're in. Yeah. So I have listeners from all over the globe. How can they connect and work with you? Oh, I would love that. Um, easily. They can find my website, yourdivineroots.com. Um, I'm better on Instagram than Facebook, but I, I'm on both. Uh, again, I think my Instagram is your divine roots. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the beauty of this, you know, all of, all of this, um, global ceremony has been online, obviously, but even before that, this work that I do, I, let's say besides breath work, uh, this work in is all taking place in non-ordinary reality. So, you know, even if you were doing, let's say Reiki, uh, I don't, I, I, I would do a distance treatment, but I would almost prefer not to be on Zoom um, because I could just, you know, I can go deeper. Um, however, I do like, I do think people are wanting to see people. So I'm doing everything with Zoom um, these days. And, and um yeah, it's, it's just a beautiful thing. So I've been doing lots of online um, shamanic sessions and breathwork sessions. And um, yeah, I feel like the furthest I've had, I've worked with people in Nicaragua, including my sisters out there, I think, you know, Europe. Um, so it really doesn't matter. We just need to get our time frames um, yes. in order, really, um, and decent internet. But uh, it all it is all available to to anybody, and that goes for the coaching program, like whatever. It's all available regardless of 
time and space is such a linear construct, right? Mm -hmm. And what I'm noticing is this, this global ceremony is really, we're shedding the construct of time and space. Mm. We're shedding the linear. So it's harder for us to keep time. It's harder for us to understand what day it is. And it's not that that's a bad thing. Mm -hmm. We're losing the grip of control. So we're going from this really, we've been for thousands of years, we've been in this patriarchal construct and this patriarchal energy and it's been a very let's let's take the patriarchal kind of has a negative connotation let's say we've been in a very young energy very go 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 fast 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 gotta go gotta go gotta go well what we've been asked to do over these last few months is to completely shift into the yin mm -hmm. into the mother energy into softness yeah into tenderness slow down it's hard for us mm -hmm. men and women because i know i've had to heal a lot of my masculine during this time mm -hmm. I, I may be in a female body but i carry a lot of masculine i'm like go 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 power through go yes. go go right so there's been some deep work for me on sitting in the quiet in the softness and simply be yep. So, um, yeah, it's really, it's powerful times right now, but I would love, I would welcome anyone who would like to have a discovery call or connect with me, please do. Mm, that is so great. I just, you are just such an, you are beautiful inside and out. I can oh. see it here in our zoom call, but I can feel it too. You are just Oh, your soul is just so vibrant and alive. And I'm just so honored and blessed that we have connected. This is amazing. And I know that this is not the end of our connection. It's, there's so many things. I'm like, oh, oh, we got to have part two. Um, yes. There's so many things, Rachel, that like, I, I just want to like, once again, I am not an expert on anything race relations or indigenous in this country. And so I encourage you to keep going and connecting with people who can really speak to that. Mm -hmm. I'm just simply um, trying to do my, my, my work. This is part of my work too. Yeah. Um, you know, so connecting in with, um, you know, elders and, you know, people uh, you know, the, the, the BIPOC community so that they can bring their voice, you know, and also in the spiritual community, we, the BIPOC and, you know, transgender, the queer community, they're not, all, they're not overly represented. So I'm trying to do my best and, and listen to all of these conversations right now. So yeah. I, I encourage you to keep bringing their voices to the table. Keep bringing their voices they need platforms we need to give them platforms yeah um it's time yes i agree yeah i just want to end our our episode today and our time um being the live your raw life podcast do you feel that you are living your rich authentically aligned wholesome life at this point Woo! loaded question it is a big question i know so yes, I, I feel 
like um, the last three and a half years, I have been 150% throwing myself in um, as deeply as I can. Um, you know, I, I do all of this, all of this that we're talking about. I do this outside. I mean, I still, I was laid off for, um, I've been laid off from my day job, if you will, Mm -hmm. but I've had a day job the entire time. Mm -hmm. So I've been doing all of this on the side. And so for me, I'll know I'm 2000% in when I'm able to do it full-time, full-time, all-time. Um, so that's my work towards, um, when I know I can support my family a hundred percent on that, on that shift, because we do live in this world that requires, as you know, with what you're going through, we we're living in this world that still can, you know, money is still the exchange for energy. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, when I fully tip into that is my only way to sustain my family, then I know I'm just like, I've hit end game. I'm, I'm exactly where I need to be. Yeah. So I've been doing baby steps toward, and, and now it's just like, I've, I was, even though I was laid off, I've been so busy because people, people have been in crisis. Oh, sure. And the healing is necessary. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 That work. So I think that's it. It's like, we need to tap in. So I, when I channel, I, I channel with, and I work with Christ consciousness and he's always saying pure heart. It's about pure heart. And that has been my barometer, mm. especially over the last you know six months. So I think we just need to constantly connect in. Are you in, are we in pure heart? Mm-hmm. That is a great message. And I think it's a great way to end today. Wow. Thank you, Rebecca. Everything that you shared today was so beautiful and is part of what is necessary in my belief to the healing of the collective, to the collective humans that are on this earth right now. At the end of all of my episodes, I say, heal yourself, heal the world. This is exactly what I'm talking about. The conversation that we had today is exactly the reason why I say that is because once you begin to heal yourself and heal what's happening inside of you, whether it's, you know, maybe extreme trauma Maybe it's disruptions within your upbringing. Maybe it's where you're from. Maybe it's feeling a disconnect from a culture or from traditions. Whatever it is for you, when you can discover that, tap in, look inward and begin to heal yourself. That then radiates out into the world as this collective change so that everyone then can witness from your healing and they can use that to help heal themselves. If something in this episode resonated with you, please subscribe to the Live Your Raw Life podcast and leave a review while you are there. Every time a review or rating is received, it opens the platform that allows the show to reach a wider range of listeners. 
Your support is greatly appreciated. Thank you for tuning in to this week's podcast. Thank you for your time, energy, and presence. I'm grateful for you and your motivation to improve your quality of life. Heal yourself, heal the world. It's always an adventure. Adventure awaits. Thank you.